You are listening to The Bible Breakthrough with Pastor David Engman and Scott Brecky. In this study, we will break down the Bible from B.C. to A.D. chronologically while offering historical context and real-life application for today. This series is brought to you by the Breakthrough Media Network. Hi, my name is Pastor Dave, and this is Scott Brecky. Hi, everybody. And today we have a special guest joining us, Siobhan Rodinger. Siobhan is the senior editor for the Bible Breakthrough. Siobhan, welcome to the Bible Breakthrough production. Thank you. And we want to welcome you as well, our listening audience to the Bible Breakthrough. And we want to thank you for joining us today. Ultimately, our goal is to lead you into a deeper, more intimate relationship with Jesus. And this is our bonus video to episode five. Here we will discuss various topics that came up as a result of the scripture we covered in this episode. Also, the show notes will be linked in the description of this production. In this episode, we read Genesis 4, 1 through 26, and we discussed the beginning of humanity with the man and the woman in the garden. And here we see how deception and confusion led the man and the woman to sin. And we see these consequences. Um, The three questions you should be asking yourself as we listen are, what does it say? What does it mean? And how can I apply this to my life? And of course, that would be if we actually read the scripture And this is the bonus video, Yeah. but we left it in there because, let's face it, that's the questions we should be asking. Yeah, that's right. right? So before we dive into this discussion, let's pray. I think I'm going to pray tonight, this time. Is it okay? Yeah. Um, Lord, your word teaches us that the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. And Lord, we, t- we pray that today that happens, that you lead all of us in to your truth. And we thank you, Father, for the opportunity to be able to produce this. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to read your word and to be able to discuss it and to release that to those that need to hear it. So bless it. Bless our time together. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. All right. So let's review the main or key points of Genesis 4, 1 through 26. Would you be willing to just kind of go over those real quick, Scott? Yeah. Maybe yeah. we could pause if we need to, if we feel led to, however, to talk about them. Yep. So um, the first one would be that only God really knows your heart, and Cain's heart was selfish. Abel's heart was not. Um, also, God is direct with us. He calls us out. Um and then the third point, I think, would be that God accepts us when uh, we do what is right. Um, and then the fourth one is God warns us if we don't do the right thing. And sin is also, at that point, crouching at the door. And it's just waiting to control us. So mm-hmm. those are the <clears throat> points that stand out to me. Okay. Before we go into the other three or so points, um, so maybe we could pause at that and just kind of say, where are we? What stands out? What do we need to talk about? What do you think, Siobhan? Is there anything that we should dive into? Or? Yeah. Um, the rhema that's jumping off the page to me in all of that is that God says, 
um, Satan is, or sin, is crouching at the door, and it will control you. It, it's waiting to devour you. It will control you. Mm -hmm. um, I never put those two together before, that when Satan does devour us, and we get filled with sin, mm -hmm. it does control us. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's a different perspective on what does it mean for Satan to devour us like a lion. Mm -hmm. he, he's in control of us. And that's a pretty serious situation. If somebody's in control of me, then I'm losing my free will. I'm blinded from that. Surrendering. I'm surrendering. Yielding to something. Yeah. And I, I would much rather give up, not that God asks us to give up our free will to Him, but I would much rather give up and surrender to the Lord than I would to Satan. What I think is interesting about that is that, you know, in, in verse 6, you know, the Lord is confronting Cain. Why you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we talk in our world of uh, family around breakthrough about, you know, hey, we just want to do the right thing. And we do. We want to do what is right. And the reason we do want to do what's right is because that's the Lord that put that desire in our hearts to begin with. But what's interesting is it says if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. So it's in the refusal yeah. to do the right thing that sin is crouching at a door like a tiger ready to devour you. When you do the wrong thing, sin is crouching at the door, on the other side of the door, waiting to devour you and eager to control you. He says, you must subdue it and be its master. And so that's like a circular reference. The only way you can subdue it and be its master is to go back to doing what is right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but how often throughout the course of our days, every day, are we presented with the opportunity to do something where we have to think about it and decide mm -hmm. based upon our knowledge of, of, of knowing the difference between right and wrong and then choosing to do right or in some cases doing wrong. Can you think of an opportunity recently, Siobhan, where you've been presented with that? Yes. <laughs> but confession <laughs> is another <laughs> Talk about it. It's another topic. Where I have sinned. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, um, Satan knows that it's really easy to push my buttons when I'm driving. Mm. And um, I try to control that by singing worship songs. But he's very persistent and I'm very gullible. <laughs> <laughs> mm. And so I, I fail, you know, several times. And it's only a 10 minute drive from my house to the office. Mm. And so I, you know, some days are better than others, but I'm constantly repenting. Where did that come from? Because it, it's so easy to slip. Mm. If, you're, if you're not um, on the offensive, mm. 
you know? A good defense is a good offense, right? Or how does that saying yeah, go yeah. in sports? Yeah. Yeah, it's the offense. That's what's strong. You need yep. to offend yourself. I need to keep that shield of protection up from mm. from my armor. Yeah. I think so. This is funny that you guys are talking about this because the other day I was um I was driving to uh, the office here and my wife had called me up and she had brought something up up and I'm not going to go into too much detail but it was definitely something that was on her heart and and what she had brought up I felt like there was I was stuck at this crossroads and I felt like this I could handle it in two different ways I could take this route and I knew that's the way the Lord wanted me to go but it was like I I could feel almost the the spirit of getting offended and yep. I went down that road and then all of a sudden what came out of my mouth I was like mm. I said something and then I was like oh my gosh I can't believe I did that and yep. then it, it just it just did not go very well but it was I could I could I could um discern what was happening and I had a choice to make and I'll tell you I made the wrong one and then, of course, I kind of backpedaled and I asked, you know, kind of forgiveness. And, and we, we as a couple worked through it. But it's it's not something that just like, oh, it just happened. No, it says he's crouching at the door and it's it's ready to devour you. It's not just something that just, oh, it just sin just, it just happened. No, it just came out of nowhere. No, it it has a process of, of uh, process of taking place in your life. So that's that was just one little story that came to my mind because it was so recent but and um, and how true you had to be aware of that yeah and you slipped you knew what the right choice was but you slipped and took that other path yeah and it's so easy mm -hmm. what i'm trying to say mm -hmm. is it's not like oh it just happened no <laughs> you you slipped you saw there was two paths and yeah. boom no it's mm -hmm. easy to yeah and I think we can tend to hold on to that for as yes. for as long as we want until we go, nope, I just need to, I, it's a hard thing to do. Ask forgiveness, release it, and go the other way. And, and yes. just don't don't look back at that. You know, the Lord's forgiven you of it. So don't don't go back to it or look to it. Oh, no, let it linger. It's like as, as soon as I just released it, I was like, it was gone. Yep. So don't don't sit there on something that he, he's Praise done, done yeah. before. So, hmm. so. Yeah, so um what what do you so I have a uh interesting question. Why do you think in verse 9 he says um so where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know, Cain uh, responds in verse 9. Am I my brother's guardian? Why do you think he responds in that way? Because I have an older brother and I know that growing up he was kind of like my guardian. So even though, you know, technically he's saying, well, he's not my guardian. Well, really, if you're an older sibling, you tend to be watch over your younger siblings. So he should have been that example of watching over his brother, not going out and attacking and murder, murdering him. I'll, I'll never forget this, this story. Um, I was at a church camp once and we were playing this like soccer game and, um, I was playing soccer and one of the other kids on the team kind of like came down, knocked me down. And my brother came out of nowhere, not right, and just shoved this kid. I mean, he just took him to the ground. 
Now, I'm not saying that was maybe the, the right way to do it, but he was watching, like watching over me, protecting me. Um, and I remember that to this day, like, man, that was my big brother, you know, like, oh, I feel like, you know, he's, he, he's on my side. Me. Yeah, he's protecting me. So, um, so am I my brother's guardian? Well, yeah, you're, you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be watching over and, and you know, maybe uh, overseeing where he's at and stuff. So mm. what, what do you think of that, Pastor Dave? I don't. Okay. I, I, don't, I haven't really given that any thought. Okay. Completely. I I have. Yeah. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> yeah. Um, you you would expect your older siblings or your parents to protect you, mm-hmm. but they're not always there, and they can't always do that. Yeah. Sure. And think back. Cain and Abel were the only children. Mm-hmm. They they were the first ones, mm-hmm. and I think. By Cain saying, am I my brother's keeper? He's trying to, he, he knows, maybe he doesn't understand that God already knows what happened. Maybe he doesn't understand that God wants him and he's giving him a chance to come clean and confess. But Cain's heart apparently is evil. Mm-hmm. And He's trying to deceive God. Well, you can't deceive God. So by him saying that, he's just trying to, you know, skirt around the issue. Well, it's the the answer of the guilty. Yes. Which is defensive. Yes. And deceptive and deflective, right? I mean, um, if what had happened, if what had happened um, was completely innocent. Like, let's just say, uh, let's say Cain didn't murder Abel, right? And let's just say um, God's walking around and he's like, hey, Cain, where's your brother Abel? How would his response have been oh, if, if maybe there. his brother Abel was, you know, I don't know, you know, I think I saw him down by the river down there fishing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But instead his, his response was defensive. Yeah. And um, yeah, so... Uh, why do you think that God rejected Cain's, why do you think he rejected Cain and Cain's offering? Siobhan, what are your thoughts on that? I don't know. I'm kind of stumped by that Um, because it just says, you know, that Cain brought an offering to God. But reading it over, he brought an offering to God, but Abel brought the first and the purest. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, bing, 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 knowing the ding, Bible ding, ding, later, ding, right on the head. Yeah. you know, when the Israelites <laughs> demanded to have some redemption and God gave them sacrifice, you know, it was sacrificing the best, mm-hmm. the first fruits of the harvest and the, the purest animals mm-hmm. for whatever sacrifice. Right. And so what I think here is that this is God, you know, this speaks to the knowledge God has as it pertains to looking into the heart of man. You know, God sees the heart of man. You know, God sees it. Everything you do, he hears every thought you have, 
He knows every motive behind every action. You can't escape an omnipotent, omnipotent, omnipresent God. Right. He is everywhere all at once, all-powerful, all-seeing, and he sees the heart of Cain. Yes, we see him offering a sacrifice, but you know, God doesn't want you to present an offering that isn't being presented in joy. Like it should be a joyful offering, right? Um, Because with the joyful offering comes the blessing for both the -hmm. recipient of that Mm -hmm. as well as the one who's giving it. But the begrudging, here, you know, that doesn't come with a blessing. (laughs) Here's my money. Here, what, right? Yeah. Who's getting a blessing there? The guy that's handing it over ain't getting it. And the other guy's feeling like, I don't want that. Man, Mm -hmm. no blessing. And so God sees this. He sees Cain's heart. Here's here's how I take that. I I see two two of the brothers, right? One's like, here we go again. You know, I got to do this offering thing. Here you go. And I see um, Abel as like, I get to do this again. I get to do this. I get to bring my offering to the Lord. What an honor that is. And I'm not just going to bring something. I'm going to bring the best that I can every time because I actually get to do this. Right? We have that saying in the ministry is, we get to do this. Right. We get to do this, bring this offering to the Lord. What an honor but, that is. But does it, 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 does it say that it was the first time they gave an offering or that God told them they needed to give an offering? No, it does just it, says that does when it, they grew up, Abel was a shepherd, Cain cultivated the ground, and when it was time for the harvest, yes. Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best of the firstborn lambs from his flock. And, and quite frankly, I don't think it matters what they gave at all. No. It was the heart, it was the heart that God was looking at here. Yep. You know, I mean, yeah, Cain did give some. He gave some, but again, maybe he just gave it begrudgingly. And God knows that. So yeah. where where is our heart? Where's your heart? Where, you know, what does it look like? Mm-hmm. You know? God wants a tender heart. Mm-hmm. He wants a, a relationship with you that's open and honest. And if your heart isn't tender, then present that to the Lord and say, Lord, help me. You know, because I don't want to be Cain. I want to murder my brother, mm-hmm. right? Or my sister or whatever, you know. And I don't want the Lord to look into my heart and not be pleased, right? Um I, I, uh, I was thinking about, I'm going to read this. This is a kind of a bio of Abel for a second, and I'll contrast that with the bio of Cain. But Abel was the second child born, so you know, Cain was the older brother in the story. Um, so he's the second child born into the world, but the first one to obey God. Mm-hmm. All we know about this man is that his parents were Adam and Eve. He was a shepherd. He pre- presented pleasing offerings to God, and his life was ended at the hands of a jealous older brother, Cain. The Bible doesn't tell us why God liked, why he liked Abel's gift and disliked Cain's, but both Cain and Abel knew what God expected. Only Abel obeyed. 
Throughout history, Abel is remembered for his obedience and faith. I'm going to stop right there mm. because obedience and faith are what God says about um, righteousness. Right, you know, to be righteous is to be obedient and have faith, right? And where was I here? Only Abel. Okay, throughout history, uh, Abel is remembered for his obedience and faith and is called, yeah, right there, <laughs> should have went farther, and is called righteous. The Bible is filled with God's, uh, with God's general guidelines and expectations for our lives. It's also filled with more specific directions, like Abel, we must obey regardless of the cost and trust God to make things right. Amen. Contrast that to Cain. You know, let's just do this for some. This is fun. I'm having fun. <laughs> in spite of his, in spite of parents' efforts, in spite of parents' efforts and worries, conflicts between children and a family seem inevitable. Sibling relationships allow both competition and cooperation, and in most cases, the mixture of loving and fighting eventually creates a strong bond between brothers and sisters. That's an interesting thought, really. But for Cain, the conflict and jealousy overcame whatever love he had for Abel. Abel, and while we don't know many details of the first ch uh, child's life, his story can still teach us. Cain was angry, furious. Both he and his brother Abel had given offerings to God and he had his rejected. Cain's reaction gives us a clue that this attitude was probably, his attitude was probably wrong from the start. Cain had a choice to make. He could correct his attitude about his offering to God, or he could take his anger out on his brother. His decision is clear, a clear reminder um, of how often that we're aware of op opposite choices, yet choose the wrong one, right? Mm -hmm. We may not be choosing to murder, but we are still intentionally choosing what we shouldn't. The feelings motivating our behavior can always be changed by simple thought, by simple thought power. But here we can begin to experience God's willingness to help. Asking for his help to do what is right can prevent us from setting into motion actions that we will later regret. <clears throat> when, when Cain was... When Cain was disappointed, he reacted in anger. Yeah. When his pride was wounded, that led to anger. When he was angry, that led to murder. Anger led to murder. Mm. And that murder led to denial. And denial led to lying. And lying led, well, it had its consequences. And God assured even Cain, however, in the, in the end, God, God assured even Cain that, that he would protect him from death. He marked him, as we read, and said that if anybody kills you, they're going to have a sevenfold punishment. And so God then gave Cain a second chance, in my estimation. That's what he was doing there. 
um, you know, this is the firstborn son on the earth, and he did something horrible. And God, um, who saw into his heart, uh, also saw into his heart the, the redemptive qualities of this firstborn son and gave him a chance. Um, what's the moral what's the moral lesson of Cain and Abel your heart the condition of your heart I, I think I think you're right um, who can see your heart but only the Lord so I mean you you Pastor Dave talked about, you know, your heart's not your beating physical heart with blood pumping. And it's the Lord sees into that and what stems out of your heart. Then I, I said this other day, what kind of what stems out of your heart goes through your thoughts and then your thoughts out of your mouth and then your actions. Yeah. So it stems out of your heart. So I think we always need to be checking, you know, why, why, why did I do that? What, what is there? Always kind of searching and seeking after and, and asking the Lord, Lord, is there anything in my heart that, that needs some work? You know, and help me reveal that to me. Because sometimes we don't see it. And sometimes other people see it. And unfortunately, they won't let you know. But sometimes that's good. Um, but I think that obviously just doing that yourself is probably the best, best case. To ask the Lord, Lord, I need some work in this area. Help me with it. Go to Him first, yeah. then then any other person. Because guess what? The one who created you would be able to help you with that more than any actual person would be able to. So, the condition of your heart, obviously, in this story, it's uh, uh, when He was giving. But again, I think it just goes on the condition of your heart. Right. So, yeah, the story of the story of Cain and Abel teaches us. Uh, a valuable lesson about the sincerity of our heart. Um, and it's through their example that we're going to learn or we learn how not just our actions, but our attitudes matter to God. Not just our actions, but our attitudes. Now, clearly people can see your actions. You know, you can hide your attitudes a little bit for a while. Yeah. But usually your attitudes have a uh, influence in in your actions yeah. and, and eventually it comes out you know there's a saying that that i felt like god I, I, maybe somebody said this and i picked up on it years ago or or god told me uh, i can't recall but you know especially in 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 ministry um, you cannot hide from your character for long mm -hmm. god will reveal the flaws of your character if you're in ministry for sure and we're all believers, true, bona fide, um, uh, spirit-led believers are all ministers, all in ministry. So God's desire is to work out those character flaws um, as a process. Yeah. Throughout our life, he's going to continue to root those flaws out because uh, it's you know, our objective to reflect as image bearers, reflect Jesus and his character was perfect. And so we're just, if we're striving for anything, we ought to be striving to 
live that holy, righteous life, um, meaning we desire to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. We want to do the right thing in all our circumstances, in every situation. And sometimes we don't. But that creates an opportunity for us then to evaluate and then change course and then do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, okay, repent. That's what the Bible teaches us about. You know, it's like, okay, I'm going to do... You have a choice. I'm going to do the right thing or the wrong thing here. And you go, I'm really, I'm going to do the wrong thing. And then you go and do the wrong thing, and then you feel guilty. Your conscience Mm -hmm. is speaking to you, and it's being instructed by the Holy Spirit who's convicting you Mm -hmm. and or your conscience, right? And then, you know, our convictions then um, begin to lead us. And it's not just for the moment. It it will work in the moment. But it prepares us for what's coming. So the next time we come to the crossroad, it's it's simple. Oh, no, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. I'm doing this. And it's a repetitive pattern in our lives that God's working constantly for us. I I just want to... Yeah, John. Got some observations about the choice of words you're using and what God's telling me. Mm You say, um, we need to reflect Jesus, right? And um, one job that I had, I had a bit of a walk from the front door to my desk, you know, maybe two, three minute walk. And every morning I hit that door and I would say, please, Lord, let people see Jesus on my face. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we need to reflect Jesus, right? And um, when it comes to giving, like, Cain and Abel had to give their offerings to the Lord. And it and supposedly they knew what they should be doing. And later on in the Bible it said God loves a cheerful giver. Well, sometimes we give out of obedience, but our hearts not quite there yet. But we do it cuz we're being obedient. And you had said people you can't always tell, you know, but your facial expressions can give you away. So you may be doing something out of obedience, and if your heart's not behind it yet, oh, just give it anyway. You know, your face gives it away. And and it says that right here. Why do you look so dejected? Dejected. And, And it's like, there's a tell. Everybody has a tell. You know, you hear poker players. You're not a very good poker player. You got to tell. Yeah. Our facial expressions are our tell. And, and please, Lord, let my heart reflect mm. on my face. Mm-hmm. Not just the joy that it is to give to the Lord mm. or to surrender to the Lord, but let me shine mm. that yeah, this is awesome. And like you said, Abel was like, I get to do this. Yeah. And when you were saying that, I got, um, you know, when Moses was up with the Lord for those 40 days, he comes out and his face is shining like an angel. They had to put a thing over his face and people are like, oh my goodness. And it comes from being in the presence of the Lord. Yes. Because that his appearance literally was like the glory was still shining off him from being in in his presence. Well, let me point to let me point to two scripture verses. One's Hebrews eleven verse four. It says that it was by faith 
It was by faith that Abel brought uh, a more acceptable offering yeah. to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that it, it gave evidence that he was a righteous man, that God showed his approval mm-hmm. by accepting that, right? And, and, and um, I was, uh, although Abel is, uh, uh, forget that point. The next <laughs> one is Proverbs 21, 27. It says, the sacrifice of an evil person is detestable, even if it is offered with the wrong motives. The, ev- the sacrifice of an evil person is detestable. Detestable? Mm-hmm. What's that mean? Like, d- don't even bring it. I, I, I yeah. get a picture of like someone like, no, 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 no. I don't. That, that disgusts me. Don't even attempt. Right. Pretty much. Especially if it's offered with wrong motives. Yeah. Especially. So it's detestable even if you got good motives. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. The sacrifice of evil people, evil people, the sacrifice of an evil person is detestable, especially if they've got bad motives, right? Mm-hmm. Well, how could an evil person give an offering with good motives? I don't know. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying what the Word says. <laughs> the Bible says it, so it must be true. <laughs> yeah. So I, I got one more thing that I, I want to uh, uh, bring up. So um, Cain presents some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. So, you know, being someone who is tilling the ground, I'm thinking of crops of being, okay, he's got some corn, corn some, maybe some berries, right? And that's all, that's nice and sweet. And that looks good. But what did what does Abel bring? He brings the best portions of the firstborn lambs, right? The lambs, and guess what? When he brings that and it's a uh, it's an offering, that's slaughtered and that's an absolute mess, right? So um, I think about Jesus in this case of, we know that John the Baptist goes, look, this, the, the Lamb of God. Yeah. And of course, we know that Jesus ends up going to the cross and basically, I mean, he's like that sacrifice that we all need. But um, I don't know. I just thought that that was a little neat little uh, dive the Lord kind of showed showed uh, me in that, that little scripture. So like Jesus, again, it seems like, you know, oh, where's Jesus in the Old Testament? He hasn't showed up yet. Everywhere. Uh, he's <laughs> everywhere. So that, that was a really cool point. And you know how easy it is to slip into judgment. Like right now, I, I was like slipping into judgment. Like we told Scott to put his phone in the other room. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, his phone's ringing. He's not thinking. But then I look over and I'm like, no, it's not his phone. My phone, which I put in the other room, when it, it's ringing. And somehow or another, my computer's picking it up. That's all good, so, man. Anyway, we'll have to uh, rectify that situation going forward. But All right. Well, is there anything else you guys have burning or searing on your heart? I don't. About this uh, Cain and Abel stuff. Well, I had my last one. That was good. I. That was fun. Um, at the end of the story, um, um, when um, was it Cain's son? Um, let's see. Is his son Lamech? 
and he killed some someone. I have killed a man who attacked me, a young man who wounded me. Mm -hmm. um, the first few times I read that, I was confused because then he said, if someone who kills Cain is punished seven times, I'm like, well, what did he kill Cain? <laughs> hmm. But he's just saying it was just some random person, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I gotta be, I, I, you know what? When we, when we read it <laughs> yeah. earlier, um, it jumped out at me, and I thought, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dig into that because that's weird. Because what, what's going on here? What, who are you to say <laughs> someone who kills me? Is, well, then I'm gonna say that, right? Anybody who kills me is getting 77 times, right? right? Yeah. You know what the guy that was gonna kill Cain uh, would get, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I found all of that kind of confusing. No? Like, who is he to? to say that somebody's gonna get it even worse. And and who did he kill? Yeah, I don't, uh, but I don't know. It's a deeper dive, a, a deeper, a deeper, deeper dive. dive into the- We'll have to get our scuba gear out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, you know, just thank, <laughs> wow. Just thank you, Lord. Yeah. I just wanna thank you, Lord. This yeah. is so much fun, Lord, the opportunity, God, that we get to gather and, and to discuss and there's just an, a never-ending supply of discussion that we could have lord we know the greatest scholars and minds of this of this earth that have walked have dug as deep as they could and still have yet to find the bottom of the depth of wisdom and understanding uh, from your word so lord uh, thank you thank you for giving it to us, giving your, your word to us. And, and thank you, Lord, that you would um, put information or knowledge in the Bible, not, not to hide it from us, but to hide it for us in there, that we could then go like we are searching for treasure, seeking out that treasure. And when we find it, we know we found it. It's just amazing. So thank you, Father, first of all. And Lord, thank you for Siobhan. Thank you for Scott. Thank you for our listeners. Whoever tunes in and hears this, if they're struggling in their faith, God, I pray that you just give them an increase wherever there's a lack. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank amen. you. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Siobhan. Yeah. Thank you. It's good times. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> we look forward to seeing you all in our next episode as we continue to study the greatest story ever told through the Bible Breakthrough. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to The Bible Breakthrough with Pastor David Engman and Scott Brecky. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and will join us again for more of the Bible from B.C. to A.D. We are a volunteer-driven ministry and rely on you to help us get the word out to the world. Please like this podcast on Facebook, share it to your page, and continue to listen on Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. This has been a broadcast of the Breakthrough Media Network.